Today is February 9th. Welcome to Native Calgarian. Native Calgarian is being recorded on the lands of the Blackfoot Confederacy. The Blackfoot south of the imposed U.S.-Canadian border are the Blackfeet, and north of the border are the Siksika, Ganai, and Bagani of the Confederacy. These lands are now Treaty 7, signed September 22, 1877, with signatories that include the Blackfoot Confederacy, the Stony Nakoda, now Wesley Chiniki, and Bearspaw Nations, and the Sutina Nation. I acknowledge all First Nation, Métis, Inuit status, non-status across Turtle Islands as the keepers of these lands. Hoki, miko chase tokom aki. My name is Michelle Robinson. My humblest apologies to the Blackfoot elders and language keepers as I tried to learn proper pronunciation. I attempted to say my name, Red Thunder Woman, in Blackfoot. Um... I was born here in Calgary as Michelle Robin or Michelle Elliott, which are very English names that have afforded me a great privilege in an English colonial world. What does that mean? That means, oh my God, I had no idea you were native. Or sometime, I don't know why Canadians think that's acceptable to say to somebody. What, what it shows is that they don't know anything about Indigenous people. My mother is Northern Slavey Dene or Saju Dene, but my Indian Act and Post status card by the Canadian government says Yellow Knives Dene. My father is so Canadian that I am a daughter of the Mayflower and a daughter of the American Revolution while having an Indian Act and Post status card. I acknowledge my Dene lineage, that I was born in Calgary, but my family is not part of the Treaty 7 signatories. My Dene lineage roots me in the land of the Hare people, also called the Great Bear Lake people in Treaty 11. I'm a native to Turtle Island, and my Dene Nation is a visitor to this area of Clincho Tine Indahe, meaning Many Horse Town, named after the Calgary Stampede. Land acknowledgements are critical to creating a safer space for Indigenous, as well as honoring the host as a guest. Many, any mistakes or misinterpretations will be on me. I encourage questions so that misunderstandings can be cleared up as soon as possible. I do not speak on behalf of all Indigenous, but I can share what I know as I walk down the red road. If you're experiencing emotional distress after hearing anything we talk about today and want to talk, call the First Nation and Inuit Hope for Wellness helpline at 1-855-242-3310. It is open 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Non-Indigenous, there are distress centers in your area too. My patron account is Native Calgarian, where you can pledge and support. Thank you to the previous donors for already showing your support to the show. If you value listening and can afford to give, thank you. To those who cannot afford to give but listen in, I'd love to hear from you at nativeyyc at gmail.com. Send in your comments or questions. We are also on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And I want to give a a shout out to my super loyal donors, Adam, Alexandria, Beatrice, Brian, Celine, Diana, Jocelyn, Judy, Kenna, Leah, Marisa, Natalie, Nathan, Phyllis, uh, Rebecca, The Sprawl, Tiffany, Vanessa with one S, and Veronica. All right. So today I'm super excited to actually have my family on here. So Samantha, thank you for being on my show. Hi. And thank you for having me. You're welcome. Yeah. So last last week we didn't actually publish anything because dad was super, super sick. Yeah. And then you got super, super sick. I was super, super sick. Yes. And I mean, I'm still not like, full, my voice is not still, still not fully there, but you know, it's fine. Yeah. Well, thanks for being on my show. Oh, yeah, that's good. So I took off on um, Wednesday and I just got home this afternoon. 
So did you want to give an update on the projects that you were working with uh, Yusei on? Oh, yeah. So we were working with Yusei on a mural project. So there's going to be three murals. And one that's in gonna, that's going to be in Forestland High School. One that's going to be in In From the Cold and in the police headquarters as well. It's about missing and murdered Indigenous women for the police headquarters. And then there's going to be one on women in, or Indigenous women in politics. Yeah. I can't remember what the... I can never remember what they are all topics for. But there are going to be three. One is on a hide that's going in to the police station. Uh, there is going to be three ribbon skirts in, in from the cold. And um, a big mural uh, painting piece in Forest Lawn High School cafeteria. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's, and so we're all done that now. They're just doing some finishing touches. Sweet. And yeah. Um, that's great. So yeah. Yeah. That's all you say and stuff. Yeah? Yeah. And then this weekend, you showed interest in being a part of a project, and it turns out you did it all weekend. Do you yes. want to talk about it at all? So um, I was working with Antics, mainly, um, and we're doing a campaign for orange shirt day no not orange shirt day um pink <laughs> shirt day pink shirt day <laughs> um that's coming up here soon um we did a social media uh campaign and we're i did i was a part of the podcasting group so we're gonna do a podcast uh that's gonna be released here coming up and yeah, it's gonna be cool, and I'm excited for it to be released. Yeah. Yeah. So it was on a anti-bullying. It was on like an anti-bullying topic, right? Um, and so the first day, we were talking about uh, just like what like the definitions of bullying and stuff like that, and our kind of experiences with bullying and stuff like that. Yeah. Just bullying in general. We were talking about that. Now, then today, uh, or at the end of the day, yesterday, we split into two groups talking about, our group was talking about, like, okay, what is this going to look like as a podcast? So, we had two groups in our group to do two podcasts. Right. And we did the podcast today, I guess. We recorded the podcast today, and I'm super excited about them. They're really cool. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and like some of the things. Are you gonna put that up on your TikTok? No, because no. I didn't take video or anything. Oh, okay, I was wondering about. I that. don't have TikTok, by the way. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Anyway, uh, so like we talked about a lot of different types of um, bullying and stuff. Um, we talked about even like microaggressions, um, and like where bullies like home, um, bullies why people bully and where it kind of stem stems from um and then did you learn anything from that yeah it was actually kind of cool tell me and, tell uh, us okay, what well, did you I'm learn just going overview and then i'll go more okay depth. okay do the overview depth. sorry to interrupt yeah so okay. anyway um and then we did uh it's tr transformed and transferred is our like thing so um most so a lot of bullies like a lot of bullies will transfer their hurt 
um, an emotion onto other people sure. by bullying those people, uh-huh. right? Um, instead of dealing with them in a healthy way, like yes. dealing with their emotions in a healthy way um, and transforming their emotions, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. So um, you have to listen. Like, we go more, a lot more in depth in the podcast about some stuff. Awesome. Um, and it's real. It's a really good podcast, and I'm so excited for it to be coming up. Yeah. Um, well, don't worry. I will share it, and then yeah. that way anyone who's listening who's interested can look it up. But yeah. it'll also, I'm just going to throw this in because I do my book club through 12 Community Safety Initiative. Yeah, 12 Community Safety Initiative. Safety Initiative. Initiative. Oh, my God. <laughs> 12 CSI. Um, it does sound cooler. Yeah. Uh, it was helping a lot, too. Uh, um, Cornerstone Youth Center was lending us the space this weekend to do this project in. And yeah, anyway, so you're talking about transferring pain and and transforming pain. So transferred and transforming. Yeah. Um, And then we talked about healthy outlets or healthy coping mechanisms, like uh, physical or like, yeah, more physical. uh, Like if you have emotions that you just need to get out instead of taking it out on someone else going to a gym and working out or going to like martial in my arts. case mar- yeah martial arts or yeah. like going playing sports or something sure instead of taking it out on someone yeah turning that energy into something productive or something yeah yeah um and even if you don't like maybe you don't like working out or something well maybe then you could do something artsy or whatever yeah or yoga whatever yeah like something that's not inflicting pain on other people so yeah we talked a bit about that um so then we also talked about natural reactions to things um like yeah we talked about natural reactions um and then we kind of talked about the effects of bullying um, or, like, the consequences of bullying. Mm. A lot of people, we mentioned, um, my friend mentions this on the podcast. She said um, most people think of suicide, but there's other, there's different ways of noticing someone's, someone's hurting, you sure. know? Like, and I brought up, like, they'll, their grades will normally drop. Right. Or... Um, they'll like isolate themselves or they'll just become quieter or like just stuff like that. Sure. That is more what happens and you can tell like if that's kind of happening to someone, yeah. it's probably because they're really hurting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the impact on a person, yeah, um, that is being bullied, you know? Sure. Uh, and then we talked about, like, don't let it get dangerous, like self-harm and, uh, substance abuse. Yep. Yeah. I think they might have mentioned What does that mean to you, sub- though? Like, what does that even mean to you? Um, well, like, substance abuse is, like, turning to drugs and alcohol to take away your pain because this person is inflicting pain on you, so you need something to relieve that pain or something. Sure. Or, like, cutting yourself. Um... In extreme cases, suicide and stuff like that. Yeah. Don't let it get to that point. Like, did they mention to you that sometimes people will use sex as an addiction? No. 
yeah that's oh. that's a thing okay well anyway and then but then we talked about like what are some ways to like like get help like you need to tell someone yep if you're being bullied and stuff like that sure um and even if you don't feel comfortable talking to an adult maybe you can talk to your friend like someone you trust like yeah. it doesn't have to necessarily be a teacher like everyone says oh just talk to your teachers or talk to your principal don't do that yeah, like, i think we we have extensive it, yeah ex- yeah, <laughs> like, yeah extensive experience, experience and that may not be the best alternative yeah and like talk to your parents um if you're being bullied or something sure like talk to someone you trust like talk to like your best friend who's like and and another thing that is like we talked about cyberbullying and stuff too sure different forms of bullying as well yeah um, like make sure you have healthy relationships with your friends sure like don't try not to have toxic people into your life in your life um because that can really end up hurting you toxic people are the worst toxic people suck yeah um but yeah it's worse when they run our government (laughs) yeah um but trying to not having try not to having no (laughs) uh try not to have toxic people in your life sure but go to turn to someone that like is genuine that's not like fake or toxic or whatever sweet um and then that lifts you up makes you feel like sunshine exactly right on um we not on the podcast but we kind of talked about this uh off the podcast a little bit um power positions enabling i guess kind of bullying like i mean i think we mentioned it like once on the podcast but yeah there's two podcasts, and I don't know what the other one is talking about, so maybe they mentioned it in that one. Okay. But, um, uh, like, power positions, like, teachers being like, um, oh, well, it's just because they like you, or like, whatever. Or, or parents doing jealous. that. Or, I've, I've heard parents do that. Yeah, well, like. Oh, he's bugging you because he likes you. As if that's yeah, okay. Like it's yeah. not, and so basically enabling the pa- and the A toxic to toxic yeah. um, behavior. Behavior, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we talked about like maybe like what's being done and stuff, or like we talked about like I know one conversation we had was about cyberbullying. About how I had this, I had this guy come into our school last year. Um, <laughs> we won't name him. No, I, I don't exactly remember. who you're talking I don't know, about. I don't know his name, but all the adults think he's great. Uh, yeah, because well, all the adults think he's great, but he's like, oh well, kids just shouldn't have social media. They shouldn't have technology or phones or whatever. They should just um, live under a rock their entire freaking lives. Like, but it, that's not reality. So it's like, so it doesn't help anything. So it's like, okay, well, deal with us having phones and social media. How do we deal with that? Yeah, yeah. Like, don't just tell us we shouldn't have it because that's not reality. That's never going to happen. Because we have technology and stuff. So, and my point was like, we need to be using technology responsibly. Sure. But we don't get really taught that in schools. And if I didn't, no. like, I mean, obviously, like, 
there's waste. Like, there's things that, pe- like, you can tell. Like, I'm a pretty smart kid, not gonna lie. <laughs> um, not done. to brag or anything. <laughs> no, but, like, I'm a pretty smart kid, so I would, like, never send nudes or something, right? But a lot of kids are dumb and wouldn't... Well, like, not dumb. Okay, well, like, they just don't know how to not do that. Can like, I tell you what I learned, so, though, about that? Well, like, well, sometimes, like, like, these predators, what they'll do is they'll give like whatever google bucks or whatever their gaming um money is and they'll yeah i'm sorry i don't have the proper language but uh, what are the, google bucks I whatever to me i want to make that a thing actually please yeah like <laughs> money money on whether it's a game whether it's whatever so and a predator will figure that out like if i oh, throw yeah. 20 dollars here then in order to want you to want more money oh. Then they'll be like, yeah, send me a panty shot. And yeah. then you'll be like, well, I really want 20 more Google bucks. So you'll do it like an idiot. Yeah. And then they'll hold that if, over you. I mean, if that ever happened and they were like, send me a panty shot, I would, I would send a squirt gun on a pair of panties on a bed. But like, not with me in the photo, right? Because it's a panty shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, but anyway, back to topic. Um, Like... No, but a lot of kids just aren't taught to not do that. So it's like, yeah, yeah. so they're not, they're like, we need to be teaching our kids how to use technology so that, in a responsible way, so that we don't have this, right? Yeah. <coughs> Sorry. Um, but, yeah. So that was kind of my, one of my points. Um, um. And I, I also said, like, so there was this girl in my old school, right? And nobody liked her for some reason. I don't know why. And people would have... This one girl accused her of uh, basically copying her all the time. And I felt really bad because that didn't happen. Sure. Um, if anything, this one girl copied everyone. But... <laughs> Besides the point, like, this yeah. girl was being bullied. Yeah, and it was online, and, um, the, the way that the teachers handled it was, <laughs> this is cyberbullying, and you can go to jail for this when you're older, so stop it. God, I wish that was the And case. I'm like, what? That's, that's an empty threat. Yeah. That well, is an empty threat. You know what it because- is? It's really toxic, and I'll tell you why. Because you know I work really hard with the Liberal Party at trying to create new policies. Yeah. And, like, honestly, people, until they almost kill you and sometimes do a kill kill you, is the only time police are like, oh, that's a thing? Yeah, you know, me exactly. reporting it 50 times didn't matter to you, but exactly. the, now that I'm dead, it matters to you? Exactly. That's not okay. Yeah. So, like, but these teachers are like, well, stop it because... We're in power, so you have to follow our rules, right? Sure. And it's like, that's not how that works, okay? You can't control us like that, <laughs> right? So, yeah. Anyway, um, and then uh, we talked about school's, like, kind of failure to um, act on bullying, like, not taking responsibility for when it does happen. Totally. A little bit. Like... And it's been, we also talked about, like, how parents, they don't want to believe their, their sweet little angels are bullies. So... Well, you're my sweet little angel. <laughs> exactly. But, like, if <laughs> I... 
<laughs> but like if I was bullying someone and I was like, no, I swear I wasn't. Well, parents don't want to believe their kid is a bully. You know? Yeah. Like, they don't want to, they don't want to believe that, right? Sure. But even though it's like, well, they are, so like... <laughs> deal with it. Deal with your kid. Yeah. Um, but then the school's punishing, um, the, like, the bullied person yeah. instead of the bully. Yeah. Like... So many times, on so many occasions, have schools um, decided to bully or punish the one that, like, fought back in self-defense rather than deal with the bully. And so, because then they'd have to admit that this kid was being bullied. Yeah. And that's not okay. Yeah. So, yeah. And then... uh. There was also, we played this game, and it was at the be- like beginning of the day yesterday, so the beginning of the entire course, and we played this game, and it was like a, not a yes or no question, but agree and disagree, kind of. Sure. So, one side of the room was disagree, and the other was agree, and they would basically ask you, like, true or false questions about yourself and you would have to put like disagree somewhere on the spectrum sure right um and one of the questions was i've so like i've been at a i felt like at a time i have felt powerless Mm. on what's happening to me and everyone went to agreed basically um and then there was basically the opposite where I have felt where there was a situation where I had all the power. There may have been like th- two people went to the uh, agree side, but most I think actually no, I think it was like both of the, both of the questions everyone agreed with. Yeah. So both of the, so everyone at some point has felt powerless or powerful. Yeah. And there was a bunch of other questions about, like, I have, uh, I feel confident myself. Yeah. All the time. That was, like, one of the first questions. Yeah. Stuff like that. Um, and it was a great game. I really liked it. Right? Yeah. Would you, are you glad you did it? Yeah. I'm really glad I'm a part of it. Oh, I'm glad too. Yeah. I, uh, think it's really important that you are outside of just school and outside your martial arts and sometimes you have some other cool stuff yeah so like you doing stuff with you say or you doing stuff with antics and 12 csi like i think that's really like a healthy balance of being in the community and working with people in your world and yeah yeah. and and it's nice to get to know people that's a really good icebreaker that you were describing yeah and like i made a new friend too so yeah hey yeah i did the podcast with her right on i'm really happy for you honey um so like talking about bullying and toxic behaviors it's i'm really glad you're talking about that and we should just say um february 27th is pink shirt date right i think so anti-bullying i think they want to have it the podcast out january 24th okay i think that's when they want would like to try and get it out um so this was in partnership with um pembroke boys and girls club i think so. I antics 
and 12 think, CSI. I don't know if it was Boys and Girls Club, but I know Cornerstone also. And Cornerstone. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we talked about microaggressions as well, and I would just like to come back to that, because um, for like a different... It's kind of hard to explain microaggressions. Well, like, not hard, but like, it's kind of complicated because there's a lot of things that could fit under microaggressions. Yeah. Um... And so I brought up misgendering because that's like a... Uh, that's, that's a good example of microaggressions. That's a great example of microaggressions. <laughs> that's a great example. Um, and I know a lot of people have talked about misgendering as like constantly stepping on your foot. I've heard that so many times. Really? Yeah. Where it, misgendering is like um, every time that somebody misgenders you, it's a, one more step on your foot. It doesn't even have to be very hard. But after a while, it starts to hurt. Yeah. And more and more. And eventually, you just like, okay, can you stop, yeah. like, stepping on my foot? Sure. And so, yeah, I think that was a really great de- definition of microaggressions. And, I mean, there's so many more, like... Well, I, I have them all the time. Yeah. Because uh, like, I'm native. Like, I'll see... Like, I was talking to my um friends uh, on the c-train platform there was more than enough room for this white woman to go through but she chose to purposely go through our crowd and and hit me with her bag exactly that's a microaggression yeah and like i've seen it all the time because like no if you use it over and over again it, you know, this could be couldn't i mean this is homophobia but like that's so gay yeah that's a microaggression yeah I know there's like there's there's this one kid in my school who I swear to God says it every second. Yeah, hey. Like he doesn't know any other words, but that's so gay. And, and he does it right in front of your teachers. Yeah, he does it right in front of everyone. Like everyone, <sighs> everyone can hear him too. Yeah. And nobody does anything. And it's like that's not okay. Right. So yeah, but it has to do a lot with like. Homophobia, transphobia, sexism, racism, yeah, and things like that. Um, a lot of things have microaggressions have a lot of a lot to do with those things. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you you're learning about microaggressions because you know I didn't learn about them until like I don't know five years ago, like recently in my life. Yeah. Yeah. I and always like, say since you were born, and that was yesterday. So I learned about it yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> but you know yeah so we just we just talked about a lot of like great things um like toxic behavior and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay so yeah we just talked about a lot of great things like um microaggressions and toxic behavior and stuff like that yeah and that's really important to me because as somebody who's come from you know really toxic domestic violence and learning proper communication skills yeah it's really important to me that you're learning that so that you have healthier relationships yeah yeah we also talked about a little bit about like how sometimes not necessarily like sometimes Sometimes it's not even about what's going on at home or anything. Sure. It might be because everyone else is bullying those kids, so yeah. you just want to fit in. So, Sometimes. and just so you know, 
if that is happening at the school and the skills, we as we know, anti-bully policies at school are not even worth the piece of paper they're on. You never, like, I will never make you go to school if it's that bad. Because yeah. we got homeschooling options oh, and yeah. other things, so. Yeah. Yeah. But, and I mean, like, that's just the stuff we talk about. Like, everything else I probably say will probably be my own opinion, so, yeah. Cool. But, like, I just, I don't know. I think schools need to take a lot more action. Oh. Like, one of the questions we did in that icebreaker yep. was, uh, schools need to do more to, uh, more to act on belief. And I'm like, <laughs> and I went past the agree line and I went like way as far as I could. <laughs> so I'm like, yes. Yes. <laughs> Just schools need to do more. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what do they need to do more on? Yes. Yes. Just everything. First, there's bullying, which is an awful issue, which needs to be talked about. And then there's racism and homophobia that and yeah. sexism, too. That nobody ever talks about, so... Well, and ableism, like, do you even have anyone in your class that has, like, a, you know, a wheelchair or anything like that, right? Like, because there's no. no options for people to no. be in your classroom. No, and the the thing is, is, like, upstairs, you can't get upstairs if you have, are in a wheelchair. Yeah, that's awful, hey? There's only staircases. Yeah. If you're in a wheelchair or yeah. you're in crutches or something yeah you're completely screwed yeah like yeah so ableism is an issue too and and oh, i mean yeah. that i can't imagine like in this day and age that we're still not accessible yeah um, like i mean i i actually really liked my old school because they did have ramps everywhere not only for the computer cards but like yeah well we i mean we did need computer cards to get up here up there somehow but, you know, like, we had ramps everywhere. Yeah. If there was a... Except in my grade 6 classroom, but... Right, because that was yeah. an upstairs. <laughs> but that was, like, a four-inch stairway, so, you know, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but... Wow. Yeah. It, but, I like, it's such a problem in schools. Schools are so enabling, and then... And, I mean, schools were invented, like... Schools are based on, like, something that was, um, needed, like, 150 years ago. So, like, nothing has changed since 150 <laughs> years ago in schools. <laughs> yeah, well, and if you look at the curriculum, I'm beginning to agree. Um, <laughs> yeah, well. You know, and I, I wanted to ask you real quick if you would feel comfortable talking at all about your experience with, uh, sports. <laughs> and I, I ask, um, oh, because, okay. you know, I'm talking about policy development and I uh, was talking to a friend of mine and so the MP for Ajax is a guy named Mark Holland. He's the whip for the Liberal Party and he <laughs> anyway, apparently he was like the executive director of the Heart and Stroke Foundation. Really? Yeah. Uh, we were talking about not him and I but my friend who is in that writing. We're talking about um, you know lifestyle changes being a huge problem for Canadians. And I, I confided that, you know, we talk about wanting girls in sports, but if it wasn't for the fact that your dad and I can afford to put you in martial arts, which are, is kind of an arguable thing, <laughs> but we put you in it and, and we pay for that out of pocket, 
Whereas a lot of Canadian kids can't afford sports. Yeah, I know my one friend, she loves hockey, but she can't go in into hockey because she can't afford it. Right. And um, we found there to be a lot of barriers for you to join because you love volleyball, love no, basketball. I love volleyball. I mean, basketball is like, eh, but what volleyball. Ever? Volleyball. I'm- it's easier to say volleyball, so I say volleyball. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, volleyball, uh, I absolutely love. Like, I'm I'm pretty good at serving. I mean, I always end up getting on, um, so like, if we'll play it in school ever, um, I normally, it's normally like a three choice, so you either have basketball, volleyball, or... Wrestling? No, not, not wrestling. No, but, uh, like shot put or something i don't know oh. not shot put but like handball or something okay anyway um i will obviously go to the volleyball side because volleyball um unless it's got a gaga ball i love gaga ball. but volleyball is an actual sport <laughs> and um i i love it so much and but i normally get up <laughs> guess end up on the team that always sucks Damn. so I always end up losing because all the other ones that made on the teams or whatever are always on that side. Yeah. Um, and I always end up getting stuck with people who absolutely suck. I mean, I love my friends and all, but they aren't good at volleyball. Um, <laughs> but I, I guess but, my point was this, is that, like, you know, there's not really a lot yeah. of options for you. No, because, like, volleyball, you don't, like, there's soccer everywhere. And, ba- I mean, there's some basketball, too. Like, I know Cornerstone runs a basketball court court thing and yeah. stuff like that. But, like, and there's basketball courts everywhere, but there's not volleyball courts. Like, the one sport that's actually fun to play. <laughs> yeah. No, but, like, you know, it's never around. Yeah. And, um, except in Valley View Park, they have, uh, some nets, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, but, like, you, those are always busy <laughs> because... A lot of people like volleyball, actually. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's just stupid. And, I mean, my school only has two teams that can only have 12 people, maybe 13 people on them. Right. Because... So, that's 24 kids out of, what, 3,000 kids? How many kids? So, there is, like... So, there's 20 classes in my entire school, right? Each with about at least 30 plus kids, at least 32 kids. So five, five uh, classes for each grade, and there's grade six to nine, which is four grades. Yeah. Um, so that's a lot of five kids. Five times four, ta- which is 20, yeah. I know that. <laughs> I know there's 20 uh, classes in my school, but then times... 32 yeah so 32 times 5 times 20 Mm. or no no you got 20 just times 20 yeah yeah so 32 times 20 no yeah that's a lot of kids (laughs) like lots (laughs) right and then there's only like 24 spaces well there's 24 spaces for girls 24 spaces for boys yeah 48 in total sure out of like thirty two times twenty, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, that's not right, and like, um, 
basically, though, if I think I could never make it on the team, um, because I haven't been on the team beforehand. Right. So, like, because anyone who tries out, if you've, at least I think, like, honestly, I think they pick favorites and stuff, but, like, but the thing is, is, like, I don't feel like I could ever be on our team. This is Bob Edwards, by the way. You suck, Bob Edwards. No, I'm just kidding. They're not that bad. No, but I, I, my point Question. was this, is that well, like, on one, one hand, we're talking about instituting a pharmacare uh, policy. But if we do that, like, let's say 50% of the pharmacare policy is basically for lifestyle changes. So rather than investing all this money into drugs for people, why don't we actually build infrastructure so that kids can play volleyball, so that exactly. people can play? Like, for me, I you know, would love to volunteer if that helped you get more volleyball teams, you know? Yeah, like, if there's volleyball teams as accessible as basketball or soccer, soccer players are... Well, yeah. I, uh, even but like, But, like, because I know there's a ton of soccer... Well, I know there's at least one soccer um, team, I guess, in the Northeast here that I know of, because I played on it, but... <laughs> um, <laughs> East side. East side. <laughs> yeah. But, like, and then there's the Cornerstone basketball camp in the summer. So, like, that's something. I mean, we have basketball courts everywhere in our community, too. Yeah. And then. There but, was problematic uh, issues with that, though, because I remember the one year was those really bad fires where kids weren't even allowed to be outside. Yeah. And that was during the basketball thing. So. Yeah. But, you know, like, it's just, I think sports are. I love sports, and I know none of my friends are active, and they don't even like going on rides with me, except for, like, my one friend. But, <laughs> but like, I know my one friend, she likes basketball, and then my other friend likes hockey, and I like volleyball, and then my new friend likes breakdancing, and, like, stuff like that, but, like, it's not... Accessible. Accessible. I yeah. mean... There's not really infrastructure in place. Yeah, like, you there's know what no my volleyball friend was telling courts. me? She was telling me that, um in the ukraine they drop the kids off at like there's no like before and after school babysitting because all of the kids go to school they do their schooling and then they literally play sports until the parents come pick them up yeah like, that's their job exactly to do that like that's fun right and i mean like well and it's healthy for everyone exactly. it's not just healthy for kids it's healthy for adults exactly it's healthy and like if we got more adults into even if we got more adults in this sports, yeah, that would be cool too. Because then more adults would be could be more active and stuff, right? Yep. And then and then kids could be more active. Like if we have a sports facility, then we can have that's affordable. Yeah, exactly. Then we can have yeah healthier people yeah. that strive more. Because I mean, if you want, you can have healthier people to make more children so that you can take them away into government care systems see it works out for the government too (laughs) okay but we're trying to undo that so (laughs) but like see i'm just but like seriously (laughs) you need healthier people in in every country like in countries right yeah is there anything else you wanted to talk about school sucks okay i don't think school (laughs) and adults need to step up their game too seriously like adults 
have got to step up their at least their climate change action. Okay, like seriously. Like All right. So tomorrow at noon, you'll be in school, but I'll be with some folks doing a round dance in front of Trans Canada. You aren't taking me with you. No, I'm not taking you. This one could be violent, and I'm afraid someone's going to take a car and run into us. So <laughs> I'm hoping I'm wrong because that happened in Regina this weekend. Oh, no. That's yeah. not good. Yeah. So there's been protests all across the country. Yeah. And for the most part, um, nobody's gotten hurt except in Regina. Yay, Regina. I had to win on that one, didn't you? <laughs> Regina. Regina. Regina, 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 Regina. Oh my god, my friend Rhymes with vagina. <laughs> my friend keeps getting Regina and VC mixed up. What? <laughs> She's like, is Cam Lips in Saskatchewan? I love my friend to pieces, by the way. I love her so much. Yeah. But like <laughs> No, Cam Lips is not in Saskatchewan. Oh my god. Oh, and the Enchanted is... Forest is also not in a Saskatchewan. No, no, it is not. No. There's no one in ta- enchanted forest in Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan is flat. <laughs> Mountain- uh, BC is like mountainous. It is. It is. Yes. Anyway. But yeah. Yes. Well, be Fair kind enough. to your friends. Oh, yeah. Thank you for being on my show. Oh, of course. Okay. Well, I'm going to talk about the Wasutuan um, being under attack by the RCMP. Do you want to hang out and talk about that with sure. me? Sure. What would you like to say about that? What do you know about it, I guess? Where should I start? Well, all I, well, I know that Justin Trudeau and the government is s- freaking screwed. Okay? Like, Here, I'm going to read something to you. They're so, so on my trip to um, um, Ontario was when the RCMP attacked. Yeah. And uh, by chance, I was reading Jody Wilson-Rainbow's book. And then um, Holding and Managing Our Lands, which was a speech that she had done in... So this was 2012, so this would have been during Harper's time. Um, Oh, no. I know. Well, and at that time, she would have been uh, BC Regional Chief for the Assembly of First Nations. So uh, holding and managing our lands. So this is about Aboriginal land resources. Uh And she said in this, exactly, the Delgamook decision in 1997 provided judicial affirmation of Aboriginal title by the country's highest court. The court said that Aboriginal title existed before and exists after the assertion of sovereignty by colonial authority and important for this discussion is a collective right held by all First Nations or all members of a First Nation. It was made clear in Delgamook that the lands held pursuit to Aboriginal title cannot be used in a manner that is irreconcilable with the nature of the group's attachment to those lands. What does that mean? That means the Wasutuan have title. Yeah. And very clearly have had it since 1997. So when you were given a shout out to Justin, um, basically, <laughs> it's not just him. There's this guy named John um, Horgan. He's... <laughs> <laughs> Horgan! Horgan! I feel bad for him. His parents didn't love him. No, that's not nice. <laughs> no, We're talking about anti bullying. Yeah, anyway, no, I'm just kidding. That's a really funny last name. Yeah. That's well, like... so this guy's in charge of BC, so he's the premier of BC. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> he's like Rachel Notley pretending to be all one thing, and then as soon as she gets elected, does yeah. another. 
same thing with this guy oh, so he's yeah. like well we got to listen to the bc courts and it's like well guess what the supreme court of canada still overrides this yeah. the delgamook uh court it has jurisdiction and authority and yet the rcmp justin trudeau and john horgan are all like <laughs> what delgamook case i don't know what you're talking about oh my god those guys are idiots honestly people like <laughs> Honestly, I have a real problem with our um, democrat democratic system. With all, for many reasons, but one being, only idiots can get elected. <laughs> like only people with like half a brain can get elected. Feels that way. And That's it's why like, I ran. Like honestly, I don't understand why we can't just be smart for once. Especially Albertans. Albertans need to step up their game here, but. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. it's just stupid. Yeah. Well, like, w- I I can say, like, uh, I don't know if I talked about this <clears throat> in my last episode or if it was something I wanted to talk about in this one. But, um, you know, Indigenous have been talking about the problems with fracking, the problems with land resource development in which nobody's been listening. Now that the white farmers are starting to have issues with... Um, the oil and gas um, companies not paying them, not fixing the wells and the pipelines that are leaking on their land, and then not paying their municipal taxes. Now it's a big major deal. Ew. And now that white guys are talking about it, now suddenly people are listening. So that, That's stupid. That is so stupid. Yeah, I know. Our world will crash and burn by itself. Well, like, with, like, because of us. And... Our society is already starting to. Yeah. It's like, I mean, our world is starting to as well. Yeah. But our society is also starting to crash and burn. Yeah. It's going to crash and burn to to the core of the earth because we don't have that long. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's not funny, but, you know, I've been trying really hard since you've been born to do something. And, you know, at the end of the day... The point zero one percent that hold all the money are the ones who don't care. Exactly. Ultimately, and as a result, the rest of us are living with those consequences. And the worst part is, a lot of the rest of us don't even understand the gravity of the issue, and worse, hold on to the old ways because that's all they know. Exactly, and it, honestly. I don't have a lot of hope that my generation will make it past their 50s, we'll say. Yeah. We'll give them that much hope. I mean, I don't have that much hope for our planet in a few years, to make it a few more years, but, you know. Yeah. Like, I think that people have messed up our countries so bad. Yeah. Britain, yeah, Britain. You start. You, you started got our special this. Special shout out, Britain. You started this. <laughs> um, but like, seriously, it's so dumb because like we've basically killed ourselves because we're dumb. Well, there's a really great term for that, like trauma vores. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. 
I wish I had better answers for you. I could give you really shitty government talking points on how much we're doing for the environment. <laughs> but, you, but at the end of the day, even yeah. Greta Thunberg's like, I'm 16 years old and I'm calling this shit out. I am 12 years old and I'm going to die soon <laughs> because of the world's stupidity. Yeah, I know. Like, Sorry about that. I wish, I wish more people did something sooner. I remember in the early 80s, they were talking about something called acid rain. And they made a whole bunch of changes in order to stop things from deteriorating. And the irony is, is we have so many other things in the world to be talking about and we're still not talking about it. Exactly. Like, I mean, we could start with factories putting so much product and plastic on some, like, little things. Yeah, I know. There's so much, so much to unpack there. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, the Wasutuin, let's get back to that. Let's, let's bring it back to the Wasutuin. Um... They're unfortunately undergoing a lot of trauma thanks to, um, so they got helicopters, bulldozers, um, assault rifles, dogs on top of the people right now, and um, just arresting after arresting. They have some, do you know what an agent provocateur is? No. Agent provocateur is somebody (laughs) who's like an RCMP and pretends that they're a protester. And then does something like staple the uh, tires of the police and then go, see, look at what these awful protesters are doing. The long time ago, your dad and I, actually your grandpa Ernie. So listen to this, your grandpa Ernie, he used to do these (laughs) seismic programs out out by Grand Prairie. And there was this guy that he had to deal with all the time named, um, uh, not Jim Keekstra, what was his name? Oh, Lebo Ludwig. And, um, (laughs) This guy, he was like this extremist Christian, but oh, no. um, but because he was anti-energy, he, uh, the RCMP teamed up with the energy company. We're going to do a fake bombing on the energy company's well and pipeline so that they could frame him to go to jail. Oh, I think I remember Dad telling me this story. Yeah, yeah. So... Like, the RCMP will do all sorts of dirty tactics to make protesters look bad. But here's the thing. The Usutuin are not protesters. No, they're not protesters. They literally are just bystanders. Yeah. and and Not bystanders. Well, just live in there. bystanders, not bystanders. Could you imagine if we just decided we're going to put a pipeline through some farmhouse in the middle of nowhere, and we just decided to, you know, bring in RCMP beat the living shit out of the pers- people living in their house, paying their mortgage, and, um, you know, telling them they're wrong, calling them a protester for just living in their house, and then uh, bulldozing their house just so that they can put in a pipeline. That's pretty much what's happening. Yeah, like, and I... I That's what's happening. Yeah, I know, and I, I don't even know how to help, though, because, like, well, I, I know, like, I can always... I'm always going to stand by the Wet'suwet'en, right? But, like, I don't know how to get, like, the government's not going to listen. Never. To anyone. Nope. They're too full of their own ego. Unless, unless, for some miracle reason, Alberta steps in and is like, yo, we should move it over here. Oh, let me tell you, honey. well, like, I think that if, like, if the countries were, uh, if the provinces in our, um, country were, like, 
with girls. Um, Alberta would be the spoiled brat of the entire <laughs> group. Um, because we always get our way. Like, we got the trans mountain. Didn't we get the trans mountain pi- pipeline? Okay, let me tell you Whatever. something. Let me, like, let me tell you something, okay? Um, the, there's a little bit of history you should know. And one is that there was a pipeline that was put forward through their territory without their consent back in the 50s. But here's the thing. Mm-hmm. They're not using the same route. They're not twinning up. And the other thing is, is that the hereditary chiefs actually gave the, both the government and the energy company alternative routes that they could use that they would be satisfied with. Exactly. Which they all said no, because, again, it's an ego thing at this exactly. point. Exactly. And like, so, like, like even when because in, in this book that I was reading about Jody Wilson Rainbow, she talks about especially BC First Nations working together with all levels of government, and it is so painfully clear the hereditary chiefs of the Wasutuan have been trying to figure out solutions with the energy company, with the federal and the provincial yeah, government. And that's the thing, though, like, unless white people. I don't even know. Colonial is a good term. Colonial um, business and government. Yeah. Um. Step in and be like. Step we, up. Step up and yeah. be like, we need. We have to go this way. Yeah. Or whatever. But like, instead of, we should. We need or have to go that way. You should read this book. You'll really like it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, like you know, it's just it's so. But unless somebody does that. It's never. It's not gonna change. No, honey. Because the go- government thinks that we're like freaking dogs or something, and we can just be bossed around. Well, that's because we are technically wards of the state under the Indian <coughs> Act, which exactly. is why I've always struggled getting you a, your status. Exactly. Because I don't want you to be a ward of the state. Well, I know, and it's so stupid. I know. I know, but um, I wanted you to because you kind of said something that I wanted you to wanted to address um me and my friends on twitter were talking about how awful it feels like it's really a yeah. helpless feeling watching what's going on with the wasutuin mm-hmm. and um now the wasutuin are very strong people and oh they, yeah they have um, our indigenous people or like the indigenous people of canada like our people are so resilient and strong i know it's so cool I know, we're the coolest. But I was going to say that they have, um, so for folks who are listening who feel like they want to do something and don't know how to help, they do have a legal fund. And you can do fundraising that goes directly to their legal fund. But if you're going to do a fundraiser, you have to work with the nation so that they know what you're doing and that you're not doing one of those, you know, colonial ones where it's like, we're going to, you know, charge $99. And out of every $99, $1 will go to the Wisutuan. That's not cool. That's not what's happening. Another thing I wanted to mention was that Christy Belcourt was putting out her art that people can use. Um, because nationally right now, uh, so I just came from Toronto and the folks out of Toronto and London, they were shutting down the railways, um, the Mohawk, they put bulldozers right over the train tracks and said, fuck you, Canada. You guys are not until the RCMP move up, we're leaving bulldozers there. And that's going to really screw up the supply chain management on the East coast yeah. on the East side, I should say, um, and uh, so tomorrow we have a round down set uh, Trans Canada. So that'll be the third time we're in front of Trans Canada. 
Wow. Yeah. I remember the first time you were there. It was crazy. I mean, I wasn't there, but I saw pictures. Man, those were crazy. That was probably the scariest uh, protest I had ever done. But it was because it was... It was uh, socially acceptable at that time for pro-energy to come and, and protest. Oh, yeah. Because I it mean, was election time. So, But yeah. when we did the Reject Tech one, those same people showed up. So that was like a different one. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, so we're, we're starting to have a lot more clashes. And I'm concerned because Regina had a person drive through the protesters. Yeah. <coughs> and we don't want that here. So. And, you know, Alberta's got to win, so... Yeah, I know, but people don't even know what they're talking about. I was actually kind of annoyed because one of my <laughs> so-called friends on Facebook who can't bother to come to a book club, can't bother reading a single thing I oh post, can't bother listening to my podcast, can't bother to read the millions of reports that are free and available online, who's like, can you explain to me the difference between elected and hereditary chiefs? I'm like, yeah. Oh my god. I know, I know, but I told him. Wait, it's on actually, my podcast. Just listen, because yeah. um, I got some feedback from my last podcast. There were people that had listened specifically for that issue, so that's Wait, good. Elected chiefs. Yeah. So yeah, the Indian like Act. Um, yeah, that's yeah. through the Indian Act, which yeah. is like the, the um. It was originally designed for Indian agents, yeah, and they made a slight legislative change. But really, the job of um, Indian Act chief and council is to just distribute uh, the wealth that, yeah. or the the small underfunded programming money that comes for certain parts of the yeah. Those um, are elected chiefs, right? Well, elected as in through the Indian Act, so yeah. it's not real governance. Yeah, and then yeah. hereditary chiefs are like. Um, traditional governance. Yeah, like Derek Nepenak. Well, like, Derek Nepenak used to be a hereditary chief, right? No, he's Did never it? been. No, that's okay. He oh. was he was through uh, the Indian Act. But he, oh, okay. he he's yeah. a lawyer, so he understands a lot more. Yeah, I know. He's he's great. But There's so many great indigenous people out there. I know. There really are. Including me? Oh, thanks, babe. Including you. <laughs> but, uh... Anyway, what I was trying to say is that there's lots of solidarity protests across the country. Mm-hmm. Try to shut the country down for yeah. Well, RCMP attacking the we should. Twin. <laughs> we should totally shut the country down. It's called like hashtag shut down Canada. We burnt down the White House, Canada. Okay, <laughs> we need to burn down the parliament pol- parliament building. Well, you got to be careful saying those things because oh, you're I'm not, twelve. I'm not gonna do that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to act on my plans, but I'm just saying if we got a, like, Canada-wide movement, too, mm-hmm. I'm not saying I wouldn't, but I I'm got not a text. saying I would be about it. To Someone it. told me cause they've shut down <laughs> Carolyn Bennett's office right now. Oh, my God, yes. Yes. Wait, oh, my God, Bennett. yes. The Indian Affairs. Oh, okay. Yeah. Never mind. Well, there's two Indian Affairs now. There's, mm. there's, um... You're not going to believe this. Okay. Sorry, I got Christy Buckhart and Carolyn Bennett mixed up because both both of their names start with C. Okay. But no, I was like, wait, am I talking about the right person? And then yes. (laughs) No, Carolyn Bennett, you've met many times. She's uh, the white Indian affairs liberal. Yeah, no, I know know who you're talking about, man. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Oh, I know. (laughs) Yeah. I know. I I don't know what to say about that, babe. I'm just 
trying to work the best I can, but I know they don't want to listen to what I feel. Well, bad. they won't listen to Jody Wilson Raybould. They're sure as fuck are not going to listen to me. So <laughs> I feel bad, honestly, for any indigenous who works with the government. I know it feels so bad, so bad. Well, back to the microaggressions, the uh, you know, oh yeah, racial battle fatigue. Like it's hard work. Yeah, I mean, like we're with the project or whatever we're more aiming it for like the younger generation but like <laughs> like our kind of age group but like yeah. bullying is done by <laughs> the government bullying is done by everyone yeah absolutely bullying and racism and homophobia and stuff are like the same thing yeah i know it's awful discrimination bias like it's so stupid and i mean like so there's like all these different parties and none of them are gonna listen to you none of them yeah I mean, if I had to pick my favorite party out of everyone, I would obviously go green. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, green. But, <laughs> I mean, not in our area, because we have a, yeah. green, some green people in our area. Yeah, but. that are not stellar. No, but, um, you know, it's all good. Yeah. What You know what wow. somebody said on Twitter? <laughs> green party people are nothing but conservatives that recycle. God. That's like kind of true, though. That's what everybody else on Twitter said too. That's <laughs> just so bad. That it's so, so true. Good, I know. Thanks for being on the show, honey. Oh, of course. Okay. Except for our one friend, she's awesome. She's so great. Which one? Um, Heather. Oh yeah, Heather's great. Heather's awesome, man. She's and Cheryl so cool. and Chantal. Oh yeah, Cheryl and Chantal and Heather. Yeah, they're awesome. Yeah, they're so sweet. Yeah. Thanks for being on my show, babe. Well, of course. Okay. Happy to be on. Thanks. So I want to thank my babe for being on here. Um, I do want to, though, because last time we did miss um, our episode, so this one is probably going to be a little more extended. Um, I was going to have my husband come on as well real quick because, uh, you know, the Wasutuan issue has um, developed into the Métis world. And um, I wanted my husband, who uh, he's actually anybody out there who listens to podcasts might have heard of the Jig Is Up, and he is the co-creator, producer, and uh, co-host on a Jig Is Up, and or the Jig Is Up, and he is on. He's going to be my my guest here for a minute. Absolutely. Thanks for being on my show. Woohoo! And you're also my producer. Yeah. <laughs> it's family night. Family night. Okay, with Sutuin, what's the update that you were reading about? That well, I just noticed um, in reading because I'm on a lot of Métis groups and Facebook pages a lot, and um, because I'm with the jig is up, I'm trying to keep up to date with what's going on in the Métis world. And sure, it's just a general overall note. I noticed that there's the, of course, the anti pipeline, the pro pipeline, and so you have this massive division. Yeah, and because like, we're we're in Alberta. We're in Alberta, but it's actually even across the country. Um, yeah. It's Métis from all provinces that are, there's that division. Yeah. And, um, which is fine. I mean, a, a difference of opinion, I think, is fine. But it's just the the absolute hatred for the other side. And there's no... There's no gray area. Th- there's no, yeah, there's no middle ground to meet, mm-hmm. you know. And, and I think... One of the thing that a lot of what I've noticed is a lot of people don't really know what's going on. Sure. So the pro pipeline people have been told they just want to stop the pipeline because they hate pipelines. Yeah. And you know the the anti pipeline people I notice a lot of them 
um, think that the, they're supporting a group that said no to all pipelines. Yeah. But the truth is, is that with the hereditary chiefs providing alternate routes yep. away from sacred sites, away from, you know, important sites to them. It's not that they said no to the pipeline. Yep. It's they said, please don't put it here. Yes. Can you put it here instead? Yeah. And so what I've tried to start telling people is this isn't about anti or pro pipeline. No, I know. Because they provided alternate routes. This and is about sovereign territory. Well, it's about sovereign territory, but it's about profits yep. over people. Yep. And, you know, somebody said, well, you know, this is a, you know, why can't they just let people have jobs and stuff? And then it's like, oh, fuck. yeah, that's great. But I think when you're talking about the forced removal of somebody at the end of a gun. Right. I don't think we're talking about a fair and level playing field. No. And that's know? not even, there's a really great article that came out. It's a super long one about, um, there's still no conversation about the, um, man camps and yes. the violence against women. Absolutely. There's, there's none of that. And I mean, it's so fucking painfully clear <laughs> right now, just what's happening, mm-hmm. you know, violence against women, indigenous women. And I, you know, it, it just kills my heart because we have 231 calls to justice Yep. That nobody's fucking talking about. No, no one's saying, hey, you know, if I'm going to be putting forward a pipeline, um, this really matters that we follow this, um, you know, call to justice and make sure that we're we're following protocols when it comes to, you know, <laughs> sexual harassment, rape, mm-hmm. and, of course, murder. That, yeah. That's a nice little, you know, part of it, too. And um, on top of the TRC... 94 calls to action like mm-hmm. business is not at all incorporating that um, no not at all yeah so well and, and i think it's um i just think it's sad because we're you know five years from now when when the pipeline's in and you know these thousands and thousands of jobs have all materialized into maybe a handful of jobs to monitor the pipeline yeah that's when the stories are really going to start coming out of what happened yeah during the man camps during yeah. all of this stuff. And I, I just, I think it's sad because I think a lot of people are so vehemently on one side or the other, but they don't really know why. Yeah, They think it's just anti-pipeline, pro-pipeline. But this particular situation is so much deeper than that. Yeah. Because there is so many, like you just talked about the court case. And yeah. like there's so, there's so much to this one. And it, it, it really is like Canada just invaded a foreign country. I know. To put something there that they want. You know, it's super sad. I'm reading uh, Jodie Wilson Wright book's book right now, and she has, um, it's based, It's not like Justin said this and he's an ass. It's nothing like that. This is yeah. um, a compliment. Uh, she's put together a, a bunch of her speeches that mm. are completely relevant to, you know, in, in governance, um, jurisdiction, sovereignty, yeah. um reconciliation it, it's all about that some of them are you know in harper's time and some of them are just after she got elected mm-hmm. and some of the speeches that she was giving out to folks about it wow. and the irony is a lot of the stuff that she had said to stephen harper or our exact words for word could be said today to justin trudeau yeah and and it mean exactly the same thing and you know i i'm so frustrated with uh 
folks, one, not listening to the podcast, not listening mm-hmm. to um, the articles that I'm posting, not listening to the videos. Because, like, I retweet a lot of the videos that come from Wisutuan, from the Unistoten camp. Yeah. Um, Molly is their spokesperson, Molly Wickham. And I've been sharing her videos so that people can hear it directly from them. Yeah. And, um, you know, they're, they're not even taking the time. No. You know, and then expecting me to, like, stop everything I'm doing and give them free labor. <laughs> Fucking, it's crazy. Anyway, here we are. So <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but this book, and that's another example, like there's so many books that explain this and this book is fabulous. Uh, yeah. Jody uh, Wilson-Raybould actually wrote a really great article about the Wasu Twin, I don't know, a week or two ago. Um, yeah. It was really good that explained the difference between hereditary chiefs and, and elected Indian Act chiefs. And I've talked about it extensively on my podcast. Um, so One of the things I think you talk about a lot is... Um, and I just, I, I want to give this point out about some of the Métis shit that's going on. Sure. But you talk about, you know, like, uh, you know, you talk about harm reduction and stuff like that. And you talk about, you know, if you're, if you're, if you just stand around and let something happen, you're complicit. Yep. Like you. Just bystander. You're bystander. Yeah. 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 And what I, what I notice is like the major Métis organizations, the Métis nation organizations have come out and fully support this this pipeline, all pipelines, all energies, resource extraction. Yeah. Um, but they specifically support the companies that are putting this pipeline in. Yeah. And there's a lot of Métis that are very upset about that because it's you're basically saying, yeah, it's totally okay when we fully support the violence that's going to be perpetuated on those people because we don't really care. Yeah. And... You know, on the on the jig is up coming up next week, we're gonna talk about this a lot when it comes to the Métis stuff. But my point is, is I think a lot of Métis really need to make a choice. Yeah, I think they need to look at the organization that they're with. Yeah, and I don't care if it's a Métis nation or it's not. Your Métis card doesn't get you anything for benefits, status, nothing. Yeah, it's a piece of plastic. Yeah, but your money is supporting organizations that then support violence against your own people. Yeah. If you're indigenous, how can you support further violence against other indigenous people? Right. And whether you're pro-pipeline or anti-pipeline is kind of irrelevant. It's the violent, forced, you know, militaristic removal of people and invasion of this territory. Yeah. And so I just, I really want to urge Métis people to consider where, what card is in their wallet and who they support. Because their support of the Métis nations means they're supporting the violence that's going on there yep. by their membership fees, by whatever it is that they do. Yeah. Just having their membership there is how the government funds these organizations to the tune of tens of millions of dollars. Yeah. And you're, you're supporting that violence yep. through this colonial structure yep. set up by, according to the colonial organizations and the colonial Canada. Yeah. And these people are paid by the government. All of these presidents and all these organizations, all their salaries are paid by Trustman Trudeau. Yep. And I just want all Métis to think about that, that are members of these organizations to think our membership is supporting what's going on with the Wet'suwet'en right now and right. supporting the violence. And I just, that's that's really what my biggest point is. And we're going to, like I said, on the jig is up on Friday, 
February fourteenth yeah. when we do a live event. Um, we are going to be talking about that extensively and just um, and, and as one of many subjects to do with Métis. But that's a so really important date because it's Valentine's Day. Yes, and marches all across the country are for <laughs> the women who have been killed over the course of the year or being remembered from from before. Yeah. Um, so I think it's really important that you're doing that, and especially that day, and really challenging people to think about, you know, how are they complicit in yeah. allowing violence against women? How are they, what are they really doing to stop it? Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you, if you want to stop it, if you want these organizations to stop supporting it, pull your membership. Yep. Just that's simple. There's other organizations out there you can join. The the Constitution says we have the right to choose our government yes. who represents us. Yep. It doesn't have to be a Métis nation. So go with an organization. If you're going to have an organization's card, go with one that actually supports what you believe. Mm. Not just, well, this is the biggest one, so I got their card. Yay. Yep. You know? Yep. Um, if you're a harvester and you don't want to give up your Métis nation card because that's your harvester's card... I think in most provinces you can go and apply for a harvester's card just to fish and wildlife. Yep. It's totally separate from the Métis Nation. Yeah. At least in Alberta, I know you can. Yeah. So go get your harvester's card and back your membership out. Yep. Do whatever, but I just, that's where I feel like that's the power of where we can control a lot of these organizations that support this crap that's going on. Right. <sighs> that was Cut a good that out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I uh, I have a hard time with that. There's uh, one particular Métis man that um, oil and gas companies like to tout and out, and he oh, yes. says such problematic bullshit. But he, yeah. he's actually affiliated with one of those like uh, pipeline bids yes, for this, so that's right. he financially benefits for the destruction of Indigenous women and Indigenous uh, way of life for the Wisutuan. So absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and I I. I have no respect for that. Like, I, I don't understand how you can be okay with destroying um, somebody's land, somebody's life. You know, if this was a white farmer, we'd all lose it. Uh, you and I have worked on how many surveys that you can reroute a pipeline mm-hmm. or uh, an access road or, you know, but it can't be done here, even though the hereditary chiefs have given those alternatives. Well, and just, just think about what, what would have happened. I mean, yeah, there's a cost increase if they had to reroute it. Yeah. But then look at what would have happened. They would have rerouted it. There might have still been some protesters just being anti-pipeline. Yeah. But you wouldn't have what's happening now. No. So they they truly and honestly picked profit over people. And Well, and a great example of this, and that other people have pointed this out. This isn't something I've like thought up on my own, but um, you know, there is unlimited resources for the RCMP to go in and destroy the Wisutuan. Yes. But when it comes to missing and murdered Indigenous women, there's not enough resources, Absolutely. not enough manpower. Yeah. You know, the funding's somehow magically not there. Yeah. You know. I, I heard um, somebody said it was the first three months last year that the RCMP were there. Yep. Was like 3.6 million. Yep. So they've been there 13 months now. So you average that out, say, 1.2 million a month. Sure. So we're at what, like $15 million right. <laughs> spent to force people off the land when you didn't have to do it. You didn't have to. And so that... was it a $15 million move or was it a, like, how big of an expense was this move exactly. to the alternate route? 
Ugh. So it's disgusting, the it, whole thing. I could go on for It's days, not but. just disgusting, but it's so funny. So you and I are sitting here talking about this, and this is what uh, was just tweeted out. Long day of ceremony at Unistoten calling on the ancestors and honoring missing and murdered Indigenous women. Bull- bulldozers are have reached the bridge leading to Uistoten um, with police following behind. Long night ahead as there's no telling when police will force their way in with suit to win strong. Yeah. This is bullshit. This is bullshit. Wow. I, I don't know Absolutely. how any elected official can sleep at night. This is bullshit. No. Absolutely. Yeah. This is reconciliation, Canada. Well, I, rightfully so. They keep uh, tweeting out reconciliation is dead. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's beyond, like, <laughs> reconciliation was supposed to be in the context of the TRC, you know, honoring the survivors and those who died yeah. during Indian residential school. Like, if you t- read this book from Jody Wilson-Raybould where it talks about, you know, decolonizing the government system, and she gives her definition of what she thinks reconciliation should be, and it is decolonizing governance and having um, federal, provincial, municipal, local governments, you know, stepping up, showing leadership, um, mm-hmm. And, and doing legal framework transitions yeah. to give Indigenous people the same um, rights and jurisdiction that they would any white farmer. Um, yeah. But as we all know, as we're seeing right now before our eyes, like right now, somebody is being mishandled, dragged, and treated like yeah. dog crap. Like the fact that the RCMP had lethal force mm-hmm. as one of their their like mandates um you know they actually use the term sterilize yeah (sighs) i mean we are not human to them no we are like not just wards of the state but we are something to exterminate to be using lethal force Mm -hmm. and to look at us as something that needs to be sterilized like the language they used to describe indigenous people is so disgustingly genocidal yeah. And nobody wants to acknowledge that in the inquiry report. Right. Nobody wants to acknowledge that in the TRC. And they're still using this language in 2020. Yeah. It, I. Well, <sighs> I, I watched a video where the the RCMP were talking to some of the camp people. And, like, the disregard for any indigenous right, they don't care. No. The guy was very flippant, and he's like, hey, it's crown land. It's crown, and all he kept saying was, "This is crown land. We yeah. can be here too." And like, gross to to be so arrogant, arrogant about ill-informed about the truth, and well, and and the fact that you're going to perpetuate violence on yep. somebody because you don't want them there because you're going to put a Pipeline. piece of steel in the ground. Yeah, like there's no caring, there's no desire to care. It's just this unfeeling, uncaring. Well, and you robot. heard Samantha. It is very clear to her. If she's seeing, you know, adults treat adults like this, it's no wonder she has no fucking hope in the future. Well, that's just it. And that's the thing. Like, where do you get hope right now? Right. I mean, JT came in with all this bluster and fluster about reconciliation. I don't think I told you this. (laughs) Somebody said, you know, at least fucking conservatives will just say, fuck you. Yeah. But when it comes to liberals, progressives, what they do is they give you uh, lube with sand in it and say reconciliation. Exactly. Yeah. 
No, I. It, it's funny because I go back to some of Malcolm X's speeches and talking about liberals and conservatives, and yep. and he talks about that. You know, he'd rather yeah the guy who he knows where he stands, the guy who's up for segregation in his case, yeah, rather than the person who comes up like a, a friend and an ally, yeah, but is nothing but a you know wolf in sheep's clothing. You know, yeah. so it's it's it is that it's like at yeah. least conservatives, you know where they stand, yeah. And they're open about it. Yeah. Whereas the liberals are like, no, we'll reconcile. Here, see, we we're put reconciling a- yeah. at the bottom of a gun. Yeah, we're reconciling. But all we right. put your flag up on one day during the the year at City Hall. What? Right. Isn't it worth it? Right. Dude, I can't even do fucking land acknowledgements properly. Well, that's you know, all of this ties back. Like, I've even had conversations recently with some people where it's like. They talk about the Indian status cards now and how, oh, it's awesome. You can get these benefits now that you can apply in the sex. And I'm like, but whatever benefits you perceive that card has are paid in blood. Yes. And they're continuing to be paid in blood. Yes. Like, so, you know, you talk about whether or not we should get our daughter's card. It's like, it's hard to come to terms with that. Not get it or get it. Not right. get it, then that means your people are becoming extinct. Right. Get it, that means she's now on a list. That will be red she flagged. She goes to at the hospital, hospital to give birth. Yeah. She'll be red flagged because she's got that card. Yeah. You know, things like that. So it's like, but it, it it's all genocide. Right. So. Right. Yeah. It's just frustrating to watch. Well, and you've seen, like you, because, so for those who don't know, my husband and I, we've been together since I was 16. He has literally watched decades of racism. I don't make it up when I say it at the end of the podcast. (laughs) And uh, so anyway, you know, he's seen the so-called benefits that I get, which have been absolutely fuck all. Like we went into debt when I started to go to state, right? Um, You know, like there's no, there's no been no benefits for Christ's sakes. So it it just sucks because uh, I don't know why people have this perceived idea of, of all of this, but they're wrong, number one. And, you know, <laughs> I see it all the time. This, you know, things people don't know about the Indian Act. And it, like, Jody Wilson Rainbow is so clear in her book as well. Um, I mean, <laughs> William Sinclair, he was really clear. Um, or William Sinclair, Murray Sinclair and Wilton Littlechild, mm-hmm. they were really clear in their reports. I mean, the... Our cap was really clear, yeah. you know. Um, Jody actually has a few uh, things in here that I was going to look up because uh, I'm n- not familiar with some of the cases that she was talking about. Mm. But they were actually after Delamook. No, oh, okay. Yeah, and and in BC because she was the BC First Nation. Yeah, yeah. Um, chief, so uh, she would know. She would know, right? The regional chief for for that area. So she was really, and she was a Crown Prosecutor. Yeah, yeah. So she she really like cared about that a lot so she's got a little bit of knowledge <clears throat> right and <laughs> obviously if they're not going to listen to her they're sure not going to listen to me so it's well, really frustrating because it's so painfully obvious it's it's clear concise um available for everybody and yet people still claim that there's no solutions well they just see it as the big indian problem that particular phrase yeah. has been like this dark horse that people just fall yeah. back on instead of actually thinking and yeah. and doing the work of looking in a library. I just recently shared something and it said something like, 
you know when we before the internet when we thought people were like just um <laughs> yeah. with that that they didn't mean to be so stupid it was just that they didn't have access to information yeah it wasn't that <laughs> we can rule that out now. we can rule that out like it the it the information is there it is clear it is concise it's available yeah there is zero excuses for people to be this ignorant at this point well and how many more times are we going to have these violent uh you know at the end of a gun barrel reconciliation meetings um between indigenous and government and industry yeah like it, it's it's sad that there's 0.2% of canadian land yep is left for indigenous people and they just cannot go around that land just can't do it so how many more times are we going to do this you know, there was Gustafson Lake, there was Oka, there yeah. was this, there's the East Coast uh, anti-frack stuff that happened a few years ago. Like, it just continues. And it's government after government after government after government. Doesn't matter the color. It doesn't. Nope. Paint it red, blue, green, orange, polka dot, I don't care. Yeah. It's So there's obviously a systemic issue here. Uh... So can what government is going to have... The ovaries the to get up there. Yeah, ovaries. Nicely done here. <laughs> nicely <laughs> done. But, but actually make a change. You know, yeah. the better is better for Canadians. All Canadians. You know, you, you talk about um, all these stereotypes out there. The government could put those to breast within a few years oh. with exerted effort. Exactly. But you never hear politicians correcting people nope. on their racism or their stereotypes about Indigenous people. Nope. The opposite, so. they perpetuate it, they and do. the media is too. And, yeah. uh, you know, I thought it was really important, as shitty as it is, to have Samantha come on to the show and talk about the lack of hope she has and how she yeah. doesn't feel any confidence in any of the politicians because of their lack of effort towards this. And, um, yeah. you know, obviously, you know, we're promoting Jos- Jody wilson Rainbow to her in a good yeah. way, and... Um, you know, someone like uh, Jane Philpont, who had the courage to be honest and open and, you know, yeah. um, like she legitimately has always given pu- uh, for public service. Like um, as a doctor, she lost one of her children um, in a mm. in like third world conditions because she was like one of those doctors without borders or whatever. Oh, yeah, and yeah. one of her kids contracted something and died. Wow. And so, like, she legitimately cares about all children, not just um, First yeah. Nation children, all children. And, you know, had that empathy and that trauma to understand where we were coming from. Yeah. And she legitimately was trying. And look what happened with, yeah. like, what happened against her. I couldn't believe it. I could well, not believe, yeah. um, you know, the machine, machinery against both uh, Dr. Phil Pont and... Uh, Jody Wilson Rabo, but thank God Jody got reelected. I just still feel like, you know, with uh, Doctor Philpot, that there was more. There's still more opportunity for her to, uh, you know, give better direction to government and show. Because when we talk about leadership and politicians willing to step up, they were those people. Absolutely. As opposed to ego-driven maniacs willing to take the time to tear and rip them down. And I I seen that with some of the folks that didn't get reelected and I won't name them, but um, I was so disappointed with some of the, you know, 
language that came from yeah. folks who were willing to do anything to tow the party line as opposed to towing the Canadian bigger agenda of reconciliation and seeing that we have to be better than our forefathers on all of this. Um, and when I say that, I mean like white Canadians, not indigenous people because, sure. um, you know, our, our forefathers, um, did the work of treaty while having runners going back to the mothers and the mothers directing the fathers on what the treaty is going to look like. And then the treaty is going through. And then it was, of course, the Canadian government and the British crown being the ones that, um, didn't fulfill their ob treaty yeah. obligations. So, um, one of the things that I, you know, it, it just struck me as very similar, very obviously similar too is, you know, you got these women who stood up to government and unethical things that went on in the government. Yeah. Which this isn't the first time. Let's not pretend Justin Trudeau is the only unethical politician out there throughout all of Canadians' history. But he got caught because these women stood up. Yeah. This one woman stood up and, you know, Jane Philpott went with her. But what happened to their careers? Yeah. So, you know, again, it's kind of like the Greta situation where she comes, to, you know, to Alberta and she's greeted with death threats and all these other things. Yeah. And again, we're telling our daughters, oh, you can be anything you want. Yeah. But if you get into a position of power in government, you best just toe the line. Yeah. Or you will lose everything. Heavy. Like, you will lose all. Yeah. Not only just your job and your, your salary and your all that stuff. Yeah. You're going to lose your reputation. Yep. Um, it, you know, it may even be hard for you to find work after that. Like, Absolutely. So it's just kind of reinforcing, not only now are we reinforcing genocide and all these other things, but it's just continued reinforcement of like that sexism that exists where if a man did what Jody Rosen-Raybould did, a white man did that. He'd be a fucking hero. <laughs> Well, and, and to some he wouldn't, to some he would, but it wouldn't be that big of a deal, and nobody would really come down on him that much. Yep. It'd be like, oh, he was a whistleblower. That's good. Yep. <laughs> That's yep. not what happened. Here. That's not what happened. So. Well, thank you for being on my show. we got to wrap yes. this up because today was a longer <laughs> episode because we missed last episode, but that's okay because so much has happened, and the Wisutuin obviously deserve all the airtime until mm. this is figured out, and I... My heart hurts like, uh, you know, I was telling Samantha, there's so many of us who just have this like guilt, like we could do more, but can't do more. And um, it's hard to watch our indigenous cousins go through this. And, you know, from me to anyone out there, I just wish you knew if I could do more, I would. Anyway, um, Indigenous have been talking about our issues, sharing our traumas in reports, commissions, public hearings, books, podcasts, just so it can be regularly disregarded. No more. Honor our words. Honor the treaties. Listen to politicians and their policies and platforms if they don't recognize the marginalized in their budget with Gender Equity Plus, if they're cutting violence prevention programs and services, Indigenous education, uterus health choices, gay-straight alliances. Know that your vote to that party directly negatively impacts marginalized people demand they implement the truth and reconciliation commission calls to actions the recommendations of the royal commission on aboriginal peoples the multiple reports about child welfare reform and violence prevention and now there's 231 calls to justice on from the national inquiry on missing and murdered indigenous women girls and two-spirit denying those reports as a form of abuse called gaslighting 
Our people are experiencing extreme racism in the educational health justice institutions with multiple reports that say the same things, demand change from election platforms and politicians. If they don't understand colonialism, racism, privilege, and sexism, they literally have zero business running, should be understood by all parties and local politicians, community organizations, etc., now, a great article that I said out loud in episode 62 was Truth Before Truth, How Non-Indigenous Canadians Become Allies. And quite frankly, right now, with Shutdown Canada, if you are truly an ally and you truly care, you should be donating to the Wasutuan. You should be, you know, willing to put your um, body on the line in protests, round dances, um, you know. Out, out east, they're shutting down trains, are you are you brave enough to do that? Are you listening? Anyway, violence is our everyday reality. Every Indigenous generation has faced it. That's why I started this podcast, to speak freely, without interruption, without tone police, without leadership shaming, without gaslighting questions, as many people don't want to hear Indigenous opinion, but sure want to tell their uninformed, ignorant, piece-of-shit opinions to us. They know nothing about Indigenous, know nothing about colonialism, know nothing about the constant surveillance of Indigenous people, our protests, our vigils, our rights, typical microaggressions, people with dealing with internalized racism, Métis, we were just talking about, <laughs> uh, folks who are gatekeepers, folks that survive off the status quo, Folks who are so in their trauma, they stop people from trying to do the good work and deplete personal resources. Internal and external racism is an everyday reality for Indigenous people. My hope is that my daughter and my family will be proud in the future of trying to discuss these present-day issues in a way they can understand down the road. I want to continue by putting cultural safety into action so that you can create a safer space for Indigenous people of color, those with disabilities, LGBTQ2+, uh, any marginalized demographic. You know, look at, at look at it as first aid for marginalization. Uh, doing some, you have to do something. Having good intentions is not enough. If you think you're a good person, not enough. You have to take action to make change. You have to speak out against racism and marginalization. You have to, you know, take responsibility for your own learning. You have to take time for self-reflection. You have to be aware of your assumptions and biases. You have to question everything you have ever learned about Indigenous people and take steps to actively disrupt those stereotypes. Because if you're not doing that, then you're complicit in the violence that we face. You have to commit to lifelong learning. You can't just ask the one native you know. It's not enough. Be prepared to be uncomfortable. Understand colonialism and the legacy of racism is an ongoing and difficult task. And you can imagine what the fuck it's like living it. Anyway, internalized racism or lateral violence is another form of violence indigenous or marginalized folks experience by the structure of racism imposed on these lands such as the Indian Act, Indian residential schools, and other land-clearing policies, and we're seeing it right now with the Wasutuan. Um, there's lots of information out there. Just Google it. Uh, RacialEquityTools.org has some stuff about internalized racism. Um, you know, you have to start intervening. Make your present known if you're seeing someone being harassed on the C-train. Don't necessarily call the police unless they ask. Don't escalate the situation. And don't do nothing because silence is dangerous. You have to teach your kids, too, about all this accountability. 
If you're experiencing emotional distress and want to talk, call the First Nation and Inuit Hope for a wellness helpline at 1-855-242-3310. It is toll-free and open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Thank you to my ancestors, my granny, my mom, and what strength looks like through your example. I want to thank my dad for teaching me to be blunt and strong, my stepmom for showing me what a proud culture is through her Austrian roots, and teaching me how to be a proud Calgarian. Through her, I'm a proud second-generation Calgarian. Thank you to my husband, Darcy, for being on the show today, producing and editing the show on top of being my husband, childhood friend, father of our child, and support down my journey of the Red Road. He has witnessed decades of racism and sexism uh, through my eyes. And to our child, who we are blessed to learn from every single day, we are honored you chose us. I'm grateful you're on my show today. Uh, You give me daily accountability to be a stronger, better person. My Patreon account is Native Calgarian. Thank you, Adam, Alexandria, Beatrice, Brian, Celine, Diana, Jocelyn, Judy, Kenna, Leah, Marisa, Natalie, Nathan, Phyllis, Rebecca, the, Stra- the Sprawl, Tiffany, Vanessa, and Veronica. Thank you all for signing up. If you did one donation or many and had to quit for financial reasons, no, I appreciate your support. If you value listening and can afford to give, thank you. To those who cannot afford to give but listen in, I'd love to hear from you at nativeyyc at gmail.com. Send in your comments or your questions. We are also on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And I want to end with giving that side eye to the Calgary Rabbits. You're lucky I'm not tradish. And my beautiful cousin would say, or you'd be in my dish. Thanks for listening. <laughs>